UFC Fight Night 137 Post Fight Thoughts. Dun dun dun! Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. Before I jump into this next episode, I want to remind everybody you can follow me on Twitter at FightJunkie.com, listen to me on Anchor.fm, and of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash FightJunkie2006. So UFC Fight Night 137 just got over, and I wanted to go over some of the the fights that we went over in our uh, pre-fight predictions. If you guys missed that or you want to go back and re-listen to it and go over what I said or what I recommended or any of that stuff, you could click on that little card icon in the top right of this uh, podcast and that will be linked to that video. So let's start right off with the main event since that was a big one. Um, Anders and Santos, again, we talked about everything going into this fight about the short notice and the weight class and everything. But I just want to touch on how tough Eric Anders is. It was an amazing performance, even though he got stopped at the end of the third round. This guy was tired from about the middle of the second round, but he just kept pushing the pace. He kept pushing, pushing, and pushing. And not only that, while he was pushing, he was getting hammered. When there was that distance there, that little bit of distance that Santos needed, he really hammered Anders with a lot of punches. The best part of Santos' attack prior to the stoppage, in my opinion, were the body kicks. He also did awesome knees in the clinch, but overall, those body kicks really took the gas out of Anders. And of course, that's always good in a combat sport. You go to the body. But this was especially good because obviously, Anders was coming in on six days. He had no training camp at all. So that was obviously a smart play. Go hit that body, whatever gas he does have. Is going to leak out, and that's what happened. But Anders never took a step back. He really did keep trying. It looked to me like his game plan was just simply to pin Santos on the cage and try to get takedowns. It looked to me like he was just focused on clinch because obviously Santos is a very dangerous striker. And at the same time, I'm sure they had questions about his gas tank. So being out in the open like that in the middle of the octagon and your gas isn't where it should be and your hands start dropping, it's very dangerous. So I can see where that game plan came into play. The problem with that is you need to be in really great shape. All you wrestlers out there know what I'm talking about. Wrestlers are usually in phenomenal shape because they're constantly training like that, pushing, pushing, pushing. And Anders isn't a traditional wrestler. He's a football player. But he used that type of game plan. And then by the middle of the second round, like I said, I could see he was fatigued. But up until that point, he you know, he was doing what he could. And then after he got tired, he was still trying. It was just he was taking more and more punishment. And there were times where it looked like Santos had him. And then Anders would come right back, push the pace, land some good punches himself, and then force Santos in the into a clinch and by the end of the second round honestly Santos wasn't looking like a spring chicken either he didn't look too fresh and and hopping around out there himself so they were both fighting again at their uh, uh, weight higher than what they usually do but overall you could see Santos had the longer camp he looked like he was in better shape and of course he was the better striker in this matchup, and that showed as well. But Anders kept trying and kept pushing. And then once he pinned Santos up against the cage here in the third round, Santos pretty much realized Anders had very little left. 
And instead of just trying to break free and reset, he just started hammering him, hammering him with elbows, elbows over and over and over again as uh, Anders was clinching him in like a double leg style takedown up against the cage. And and then once they went down to the actual mat, he was just hitting him from underneath. So uppercuts underneath right in his face over and over and over again. It looked kind of awkward, but it was actually very effective. If you go back and look at the camera angle where the camera was kind of between their legs, you could see that those punches that Santos was throwing were actually hitting Anders straight in the face. So after the third round, the bell goes off and Anders just basically collapsed. I mean, I think it should have been stopped right there. It, you could tell he w he was just done. There was no way he was going to be able to get up and walk to his corner on his own power. And that's the rule. Like, you have to get up and make it to your corner. And they even went against that rule. His corner man came out and rushed over and tried to pick him up and carry him over, and he collapsed. He collapsed, like, two times. Stood up, literally fell back down, stood up again, and fell back down. So what happened was, I believe... After the bell, he laid down in between the ref's legs, and he was spent. He was done. I think it should have been stopped there. But then he tried to get up, and he fell down. Then his cornerman rushes over, and they try to pull him up by his arm. And they get him back to his feet, and he falls down again. And that time, it's over. The ref waves it off. But it should have been waved off immediately right after the bell. It was kind of scary how he was going down like that. Hopefully, it was just fatigue, extreme fatigue, and you know, just being in a war like that. Hopefully, it wasn't those hard elbows that he took and those uppercuts to the face that he was taking underneath because they were landing really flush. And when you're fatigued like that, it doesn't take a lot to rattle that old noggin of yours. And it was getting rattled. So overall, it was a really exciting match. I think it would have ended earlier if it wasn't for the toughness of Anders, the guy is just tough. I understand why the books put him at only plus 110 on six days notice. That's really unheard of if you think about it. And that's one of the reasons when we cap this, again, you can check on that uh, other video on the top right, is um, one of the reasons we capped this, we went with the under, was simply because of that. You know, Anders' style, his grittiness, um, he does have skills, and then Santos has some flaws. So I could really make a case for everything, but that six days was so hard. But Anders brought enough to the game, enough to the match, that I wasn't so confident that I could just take Santos inside. And I think you guys saw that during the match. Like, he gave as well as he could for as long as he could. And had he been in better shape, who knows? Like, seriously, who knows? This guy... Gave every ounce that he had for three rounds. Even though he lost, I think it was a very, very impressive performance. Um, the other fight that we talked about was the Evan Dunham fight against Francisco Trinaldo. And Trinaldo ended up getting a body shot stoppage. I believe it was the second round in that contest. And that contest was going pretty much like how we thought it would. Uh, Dunham was boxing pretty well, actually. Um, he's just a light hitter, so the... Trinaldo was landing with the harder shots. I think overall Trinaldo was probably winning the rounds. And then he just happened to catch uh, Dunham in an exchange with a beautiful knee right to the ribs. And he just buckled over in pain, went to the canvas, and the ref waved, waved it off. It was kind of reminiscent of his last fight where he got kneed and stopped again. But as far as the retirement goes, remember we were talking about that. I kept thinking he was retired or was going to retire. 
According to the broadcast, he is going to retire. This was before the match. They said this was his last fight and he was going to retire. So I wasn't making stuff up. I was I was right about retirement being floated around. I knew something was going on. I didn't think I'd, I was dreaming this, like he's going to retire. He was supposed to retire. He's going to retire. Something was going on with retirement. So that was right. The other thing we talked about, but we didn't actually cap, but we just touched on was the Burrell fight because he came in like five pounds overweight and he ended up losing a decision. It was a split decision, but I think that was bogus. Like I think he legitimately lost the UD. Um, he just didn't look good at the weigh-ins like we talked about. And then during the fight, he just kept getting hit with the straight left over and over. His downfall has been pretty bad since I think he was like on a 30-fight win streak or something crazy like that a while ago. And since then, it's just been a roller coaster ride for this guy. So he lost at home in Brazil a split. So that kind of tells you how the fight really went. Again, I believe it was a UD. I don't think it was a split decision. I think he deserved to lose outright in all three cards. Um, pretty big underdog hit. And uh, we mentioned how the line started higher and then it came down. Um, so he, I think he closed somewhere like around minus 120 or minus 130 favorite. So he wasn't that big of a favorite when he closed. But again, opening lines and closing lines differ a lot because obviously people are betting. It's going up, down, and all around. But that was a case where when you looked at it, you could see maybe there was something going on with Burrell. We mentioned that in the previous podcast. Like, was he injured? Was he hurt? Was it a case that he was, you know, just hanging out, partying, not training? Whatever it was, it cost him a loss because he was a favorite going in and he's fighting in his home country. So you think maybe he'll get the shake on the cards, but obviously he didn't do enough. And again, I don't even think he should have got a split decision. So I think those were the only two we talked about. And again, with Burrell, we didn't cap Burrell, but I know we mentioned him. So I wanted to let you guys know know the result on that but overall i think the main event was a, a really good uh fight simply because anders just gave literally everything he could he didn't leave anything left to give like that was it and like i said i hope he's okay as far as that goes um Overall, the card, it was another like six and a half hour card. That's kind of brutal. I complain about that a lot. Not because I don't like the fights. It's because of the pacing. So a lot of times they have big gaps in between. It doesn't matter if they go to a decision. It doesn't matter if they get knocked out. They do this large gaps in between. And so that really drags it out. I believe it was a Russia card where they just went back to back to back. And that was awesome. That's so rare. They just fight after fight as soon as it ended the next one was ready as soon as it ended the next one was ready now i would love the pacing to be like that for all the fights i don't care if there's 10 fights five fights 14 fights 140 fights i just want them boom 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 back to back to back to back because that's what i'm there to watch i'm not there to watch a depends commercial or whatever over and over and over again so anyways if you guys got a chance to watch the card if you guys got a chance to bet on any of these fights let me know what you got let me know what odds you got let me know if you hit some winners and cashed out some big coin let me know what your thoughts were overall on the card but let me know for sure what your thoughts are on that main event santos and anders because I have a lot of respect for that guy coming in on six days notice and putting on a performance like that. So that's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will sock it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.